it's been Mortal Kombat, and I've been playing Mortal Kombat, and I've been playing Incursions and some of the the um, uh, single player stuff, and um, overall. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that there is a lot of stuff to actually unlock. I think it's like really rare. Uh, it, it, it's 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 getting increasingly rare to have anything in the game to unlock that's um, unlockable without just paying for it. You know what I mean? Like Mortal it, Kombat One. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat. So so that that's Omni Man coming. That's the talk of the town. Omni Man and Tremor coming, and Tremor seems really fascinating um tremor is going to be the first we, we've talked before about how this is kind of a 1.5 um player uh uh game fighting game it's it's uh, you know a main character and then just an assist character um and the assist characters are not the main roster they're they're separate cameos um and I, I, I really love this system, and I think what, one of the reasons why I'm the most excited about this system is because, in the, as we've said before, this first update is going to get uh, Omni-Man, and then around two weeks later we get Tremor. And I, I can't think of anything that I've seen before in a fighting game that was like this because, you know, in, in Street Fighter or Tekken or, or you know, Mortal or other Mortal Kombats, um, you know, basically any other fighting game, um, if you, when a, a Guilty Gear, you know, a new character comes out, and if you don't want to play that character, then there's nothing new for you. I mean, well, you know, other than fighting them probably all the time on the ladder for the first couple days, right? But um, releasing the cameos is really fascinating because it will suddenly give every single characters, every single character in the game, new like possibly new routing, new options, new play styles, and that 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 alone is really cool. And this is um, a, a unique um, cameo because it's uh, uh, MK11, I think Tremor, and MK11 Tremor has the um, uh, three different uh, fighting styles. And, and we don't know how that translates yet. Yeah, we right? don't we don't really know how it translates yet. Um, I think that that currently I was just watching a video on it earlier today, and that currently from the kind of things that people are even though we haven't gotten a direct answer from NRS, currently people are thinking that you choose the style before you go into the game into the match, which I think would be the most fair. I think it would automatically make him a little bit too good alone if if even if even if the his cameos aren't the like all the best in the game if he's so versatile that like you can switch to get different things per you know in the middle of the 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 match and confuse people with that i think that would be a little bit too strong that would be very nrs that would be very nrs and people are of course like people are worried in the community are worried that um uh tremor will just be too strong and that and that like you know out, out we're basically we're kind of getting three characters here um, with the and we're kind of getting three cameos here with the update, right? So, uh, if if even like one or two of them are really strong, or if one of them ends up being the strongest, then you just get a problem. And that's been the kind of, I guess that's been like an underlying issue with the game so far is is balance issues. I like I, I that is not rare to an NRS game. Um, and I think for as far as NRS goes, they've done a really good job with with MK1 overall. And I don't. I actually really don't um, envy their having to balance um, all the characters plus all the cameos. So you're you're not even like it, it, the things that can go crazy are like the recent like Sindel Infinite and stuff like that. Like it. It's not even that you're just looking at a character. You're looking at every character with every cameo, and if anything is broken in that, and like obviously there's going to be some things, especially when the community gets their hands on it and people test things out. Um, so it, it is really, uh, I, I think they've done a, a pretty good job with things so far. And they had a pretty big patch that kind of nerfed Cyrax, which was a big problem child. I think we kind of mentioned that last podcast that, that the Cyrax cameo, the Cyrax assist was just way too strong, just way, way too strong, just way too plug and play for every character. And that's like, it, 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 it's probably really important going forward for the health of the game that cameos are very like specific and narrow in their abilities. I think some of the best like designed cameos in the game that, that I've seen so far is stuff like Jax, you know, like Jax 
even though he has some like some, he's got some spice he's got some spice but the more important like some of the more important things with Jax is he has like this air grab and the air grab is like totally useless unless you're like finding combos for it and then figuring out a way around it or like scorpion is a good example scorpion um has these like these like upwards projectiles that he spits out and um they they go they go over standing opponents so like kind of useless in a lot of cases but really useful if you are like trying to continue a juggle combo um like specifically like you and your Lee May so she doesn't even have a juggle like that that only works with like scorpion like it's like without that she has like so little damage without having that specific ex- uh, assist so that is so th- i think that's the you know best case scenarios in in most cases is that it works out like that um and you know i'm a little worried about omni man cuz like historically nrs has like really loved to make their um guest characters the most powerful ones like generally a lot of the guest characters are some of the most powerful uh characters in the game and like more accurate yeah um i mean like omni man obviously uh it's hard not to like you you think of the way he works and like you know invincible and like he just is ridiculously ridiculously strong it's hard to make a, a kit for someone who has everything and is like their thing is that they're kind of unstoppable I do love, like, the way that they made his character just, like, he looks like, just, like, brute force. Like, he looks like when he, like, his animations are terrific. He looks like he's pulling his punches. Yeah. When Uh, it's not, like, his fatal, like, it looks like he's not trying. And I think that that's incredible. There is that. And then the other thing that that I think about uh, Omni-Man is that they I, i've never seen a character that appears so fast i don't know what it, it a combination of his animations and sound design make him like th- he they really hit that note of like he's just he's really disturbing there's a lot of characters and mortal Kombat has for a long time had a lot of characters whose thing is like they appear behind you and i don't know why that game just like they just love that so like you know like, there's a block button there, there's a block button so like they can always add like they can add just like teleports. So like smoke, for example, can teleport anywhere at any time, full screen in the air at any point in time and sweep you with a low and sweep you from behind you. But like, that's not that powerful. Like it's, it's, it's weird that like as powerful as that would sound in other games, like, like you said, first of all, there's a block button. Second of all, you just get used to like the animation and then you block low and then he's like insanely punishable. So um, it's crazy to have the, that kind of thing, but Omni-Man has kind of stuff like that where he has like a teleport behind you, I think, when you hit him with a, with an, a uh, projectile, and he has a lot of like weird movement stuff, but the way he does it, like it happens so like disturbingly fast that he's, the, the, it's the only character that like kind of looks freaky when he like teleports behind you, it, it, but also because it's not even that he, he like teleports behind you, he flies off the screen in one direction and assumedly around the world to appear behind you in like almost a split second and it is very cool looking um uh so so uh yeah i uh but but i i am really excited to to uh get my hands on tremor and see how that kind of stuff works out and i'm having a really good time i like i continue to be surprised with how much of a good time i'm having with mortal Kombat. um i i don't really give this series a lot of credit and i don't give nrs a lot of credit but uh it just they did a really good job with making the characters in this one feel like very unique combo structure and neutral and matchups feel very unique and like surprising how much neutral is in this game considering how high the damage is and you even watch pro play and the rounds are going like really long like you would expect like like it's hard to get a clean hit in this game with how much like stuff people have with with like uh, it feels well balanced of like you have your pokes and your pokes are like pretty long range and you're like footsieing around those pokes and and then you know you have your your combo starters but they're not all that easy and all that common to to get and by the time you have your combo starter it's usually like uh you have access to your to combo breaks by then so it, it does Yeah, meter feel, gain is very high, I, right. I was worried about a situation like DNF where it's like there's touch of death, but it 
it doesn't feel that way so far. And I, like you, I've been surprised by the staying power of the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that first patch, um, I think they did it. They they did nerf some damage across the board, and then they re- they hurt uh, like combo scaling with assist and hurt Cyrax. So I think overall that was like a really good direction to go, and it was like a hot fix kind of patch that happened right after what was it? It was it wasn't CEO Taco, was it? It was right after CEO. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so good changes so far. Um, I, I'm really impressed with the game. I, I, I am liking some of the alternate modes. Um, uh, playing online has been weird because I'm still at a point where no one plays well at all. And, um, usually when people like lose one or two rounds, they, they just, uh, quit. But this game is good about that. At least it has the quitality. Um, if you quit out yeah, in a game, someone... their head explodes. Yeah. You, you, and you get the win. Like the other thing is like any time, like, even if they like disconnect, like, like the, you know, like internet error, you get the points and I'm happy with that, but I'm also not like point obsessed. Like we know some people who get like, who like obsess over the online ranks Uh and like that, that the online of any game is going to feel awful if that's how you approach it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this feels, it feels solid. Uh, so that's Mortal Kombat one. You know, we played, we've played a lot of it. I've put, in, I feel like I've put in. I'm, I'm not approaching uh, Street Fighter levels yet. Yeah, what do I, I have, have, one, I have sixty hours. One oh nine in Mortal Kombat one. So I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm, so, I'm, I'm pretty surprised, sur- surprised so far. You know what I'm actually really liking is like I was talking before about some of the unlockable kind of stuff and. Overall, I I think that they did a pretty good job with it. At least, like in my mind, Mortal Kombat, like it, it part of the game is like it, it is it is a game for like casuals. Actually, it is a game for um, people who are playing the game single player. Um, and there's that's very rare in fighting games. Like like if, if someone was gonna like if if someone was listening to this podcast, it was like oh I don't really like fighting games. And one of the reasons why I don't like fighting games is like I don't want to go online and like fight these people who know all these combos and like take the game so seriously and like i don't have time for that i really just like you know clearing doing like challenges doing the story mode um like you know having a different maybe like a different mode and like unlocking all the stuff for characters and this game does like a really good job with that um and like they 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 do find ways to like value different things that are not just skins which is usually difficult for games and one thing that I've really uh, started to like enjoy unlocking for different characters is that um, there's like the end of round taunts, uh, yeah. which I think is really cool. Like they I add like brutalities. Brutalities are really cool. We love brutalities because uh, brutality is when you finish the round with like when you finish the whole game with a certain move, uh, you'll like have an animation where you do something like violently and just kill them, and. It, it, it it's really good because it skips the finish them screen and it skips like any chance of getting an accidental fatality. So really like that. I do really like brutalities. I do really like the different taunts and different uh, end of round taunts, adding a lot of uh, animation flair to characters. The characters do uh, animate really well in this game, which I think is, a, is another surprising thing for NRS because usually, usually NRS has like the worst, in my opinion, the absolute worst, um, animations in the business and they feel stiff usually they really they not only do they feel really stiff but like there's usually there's there's been some really good youtube videos on this and if you like kind of just google like bad nrf animation or something you'll probably get to see some of them um and and video write-ups about how badly they've done it in the past but like one big thing is like usually characters like stand or sit in a way where they're like leaning all the way forward and then they're like punches and kicks like don't look like it generates any like actual force it looks really weird like they just like really floppy and like none of it kind of like animates the way a person does it's really weird and then and then you always you still have like very weird legacy shit in my opinion like um the way that uh jumping kicks look especially when you have a cross-up because in in nrs games when you jump and then if you time like the attack it doesn't necessarily cross up in a street fighter way in a street in street fighter you jump and you're always facing the one direction and you need and you need specific moves that would cross up an enemy that would hit you know behind them and like cause a mix-up 
Um, but in Mortal Kombat, you kind of just like flip instantly the second you get to the other side of them. And it looks really weird, like momentum wise, like you're jumping over and you're heading in an arc and then you suddenly like kick, then your momentum just stops in the air for a second. They like fly away and then you like float down. Like, it's just so weird looking. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of like, and, and and also, you know, 60 hours into the game, like one of my biggest complaints has really got to be like, I just hate the fatality stuff. I just hate the waiting screen thing. And um, I really wonder if we'll ever get any some any of this quality of life. Like, it's still bizarre to me that the game matches you up with someone and then tells you your ping with them. They, they said they want to... Yeah, it's on their list of things. They recently put out, like, a roadmap for things online, and they took a poll to figure out which is most important for people. Among the things were... Um, the ability to filter out uh, Wi-Fi players, the ability to see ping in-game, uh, the ability to leave once uh, connection is confirmed, and the ability to cross-play. And obviously cross-play got the most votes as the most desired community feature. Yeah, cross-play is a mad weird one to not have on launch. It, like, it, it just, it's such a classic fighting game, right? Like, classic with a K, where every single... They, they they get so many things so right like so many things are so right it, the the design of the I think like maybe the most important thing is that base game is great is like really I think it's really good and um I the the whole concept of cameos and everything just is fantastic and really fleshed out and they did a fantastic job with it and the the combo structure usually feels really good and combo theory feels pretty good and it's, it's not like um. Like, it, it, it's interesting to compare it to Street Fighter because Street Fighter has this kind of combo theory where you have to know that it's going to work. Usually in Street Fighter, you can... Actually, almost all the time in Street Fighter, you can't really do something and not have it practiced and not know that it's going to work because there's all this complicated math going on behind the scenes with, like, juggle properties and then also the... Like, every uh, move itself has, like, a juggle number property and, and all this kind of... So there's there's a lot of weird stuff where if you hit a combo not in the way that you wanted it to or you get, like, a weird pickup that it doesn't all the time work out the way you want it to unless you, like, know that it's in a specific way. Like, you have to have kind of practice those situations. Um, and in, in Mortal Kombat, I feel like it is a little bit closer to, like, a Guilty Gear where, like, there's been times where I just did, like, a weird ad hoc combo and, like, figured, like, theory-wise theory it should work and then it would work, so. Let's talk some other video games. Yeah, have you been playing anything? I've been playing so much. Uh, I've been playing, for example, Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, what, what's, what makes it wonder? What's the deal with that? Have you, uh, so the thing about this game that's different is that it doesn't take place in the mushroom kingdom oh i know so different it takes place in like i don't know the flower well, kingdom did, or something did shit. odyssey take place odyssey took place all over the place one was in a you know new donk city yeah okay so, so this kingdom. one takes place in like a in like a flower kingdom which is i guess where like the fire flower came from uh there's some new mario forms where there's an elephant Mario who can like collect water and spit it out and just be like a big fat load. And there's like a bubble Mario who could like trap things in bubbles and do that kind of stuff. But the the real core of this game is like the wonder seeds, which are every level in the game has a wonder seed on it. And when you find it, uh, Mario goes on drugs. And it, like, changes the levels in, like, insane ways. Like, I found one Wonder Seed that made the game 2D, and you started walking, like, along the walls of the level. But every every single level sort of, like, has at least, like, one alternate version of it because it has, like, the Wonder Seed version of it where, like, pipes will start moving or, like, the level will literally, like, come to life. There's one where all of these like piranha plants like pop out and they're all popping out of pipes and singing songs. And uh, I would say that this Mario game more than any other uh, has something unique going on in every level, both from a mechanical standpoint, but also from an aesthetic standpoint. 
And I think that that is uh, just incredibly impressive. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you have a selection of characters this time. Uh, there is a co-op mode. So you have like Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, and you know, uh, Peach and Daisy, they play a little bit differently. They've got like the float going on. Luigi's got like a higher jump, uh, but not as far of a jump. You also have like Yoshi and Nabbit. Nabbit is like a Rayman character or something. And their, their whole thing is, I think they're invincible, but they can't get power up. So they're like for uh, when you're playing with like a young sibling or a kid or something. One thing about this game I will say that has really impressed me, this this is going to be a shocker for you, but it's the online features. Okay, so, wow, that is, that is a shocker, you're right. So the online features are just, the game, when you like turn on online, and then you're just running through the levels with like a few other people. Which is really fun. Like you, you see everyone running around, and you could like Dark Souls style put down like a message to like es essentially like say like, hey, there's something here. So there are like puzzle levels where like I was struggling to figure something out, and I saw somebody else. You, you they're not like running around. You're not like hitting into them or anything. They're almost like ghosts. But I saw somebody else. Uh, do the solution to this puzzle that I was like stuck on for a while and I was just like oh that's that's pretty clever that's pretty useful like I appreciated the feature there um, if you die while you're online you turn into like a little ghost and can fly around for a few seconds and if another player collides with you they bring you back to life uh, so there's some neat stuff like that the other thing that this game has is a Sort of like a perk system where there oh, are shit. different there are different badges every so you can uh, change your badge every level and as you go through the game you can like buy new badges and it'll do things like uh, one of them is you always start with like a super mushroom at the start of the game. One of them is you can boost while you're underwater. One of them is uh there was like a one of them adds additional blocks to the level, which kind of like will make certain jumps easier for you. So if you can't figure out how to do something in like a level or it's like you're having a problem with a level, you could like change up your badge and that'll help you uh, figure it out. Is that like your cameo? I, under, I only understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a cameo. Okay. So I'm not very far. There's like six worlds, and I'm sure that there's like secret worlds and things oh, like that. Oh, there's always a like a you know after, there's always like a new game plus where it Mario has had this weird direction where where like the initial game is kind of okay, and then they have like a new game plus where it's actually a little bit more challenging. Um, and it, that that's always a weird. I think that's a weird, a little bit of a weird way of doing it. I guess like you know like I feel like I, I usually don't like hearing this of like the the game starts when you complete completed oh. but um, no not this one this one it, it this game is like i mean if you're in it for your pure platforming challenge then mario is maybe not even like the game yeah, that someone yeah. should be playing uh but no it's just like good like it's 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 better than good i think it's great do you, how, um, how do you like the visuals because everything i had seen it kind of just looks like uh a mario game like i, I don't think that, that i i wasn't really interested in this game because it looks very like you know generally mainline Mario, but not like it's doing something so big like Odyssey or. Um, uh, I mean, Galaxy. I think that the cult, like it's the most vibrant Mario game. I would say. I think that even if you just like look at screenshots of it, like it really is like very, like it's incredibly vibrant. I think that uh, the Wonder Seeds, like or the Wonder whatever they are um they are so cool like like they really do feel like they're changing like the way that the game plays but also like adding all of this like visual splendor to the game i i think it's awesome i think that it's probably the best 2d mario game since uh world on on snes mm -hmm. but i i really i i for me, that's not a high bar because I feel like all of those like new Super Mario Brother games and all that are like whatever. Yeah, I don't really typically go for them. 
but I dig it. I think it's a I think it's a really solid game. Anything else? You know, it's sixty dollars. It's sixty dollars, which is a, which is a fair deal these days because now game we're going to seventy dollars. Well, you know, uh, Alan Wake Two, which is another game that Reese released. Oh yeah, recently. this this one I heard such good things about. This that is actually is a, a game. Fifty dollar game. Fifty dollars. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, it's available only on Epic, though, if you're on PC. But otherwise, yeah, PS5 and consoles. Uh, this is maybe the best looking video game we have. What? This is all. This is the game that will be uh, testing and benchmarking computers uh, for the next couple of years. The crisis of 2023. It really is. But I. But I am surprised that Alan Wake Two. I'll get this out of the way early because I think that before the game came out, a lot of people, uh, probably not listeners of this podcast, but a lot of people were worried when they saw the requirements of this game. Uh, because this game is one of the first major releases where you can't use a 10 series card. Uh, it needs to, I think it's, it might be 30 series and up. It might be 20 series and up, but either way, uh, 10 series are out. You need to have a, a card that is a little bit more powerful, preferably something with ray tracing, because even when you don't have ray tracing turned on in this game, uh, they are still tracing rays. Uh, with the flashlight like so a little bit about alan wake and alan wake 2 so alan wake is a game that came out 13 years ago uh it was it is a survival horror game but it's you know like a, a third person over the shoulder resident evil 4 game but it had uh for a video game a pretty unique a a aesthetic and that aesthetic was somewhere between like a twin peaks and a stephen king uh it's about this writer who goes to this remote place uh, to find inspiration for his next novel. Uh, but then his wife goes missing and he's thrown into a sort of supernatural mystery uh, about, you know, sort of the events of, of what this place bright falls is that he is. Uh, and it, it's got, it's got like some really unique stuff. To, like the first game was a bit weird, even like the, the gameplay was very, whatever, but the the aesthetic and the story and everything was pretty neat and quirky. Like I think that one of the things that a lot of people liked about it is that it sort of had like this live action stuff going on in the background and all of these like radio shows that you would stop and listen to that really like fleshed out the world. And like uh, they had a Twin Peaks in the game, like an, a show that was on in the background called Night Springs that like played in the background and you'd like enter locations and you'd like stop at the TV and watch it. But for the most part, uh, the gameplay was pretty uninspired. Yeah. It, it did so, have like this whole thing where, uh, like the, I don't know if you talked about this, but like the, the weirdly major thing was shining a flashlight on enemies to, to put them in a vulnerable state to be able to shoot them. Mm -hmm. That was kind of, a, for whatever reason, that was like the, the thing was that like the enemies are these shadow ghosts attacking you and um he would kind of like narrate and it was all about obviously like him him being a writer and like trying to get away to this like small cabin to write uh his his novel and being attacked by these shadows and then you had to you know shine a flashlight on them for long enough to be able to uh make them vulnerable which which is an interesting concept because it you know it makes you a little bit more afraid of them right like they're there. And the other part is, yeah, your your flashlight had like battery, battery that you yeah. would be like consuming to to do this. Uh, so that's Alan Wake one. So between that, uh, Remedy worked on Control, uh, which is important because events that happened in Control are part of the Alan Wake universe. Alan Wake takes place in the same universe as Control. Uh, and it turns out that Bright Falls, this location that Alan Wake is in, is an altered world event, uh, which is kind of like SCP. But also, uh, Control had an expansion called AWE, A -W -E, which stood for altered world event, but also stood for Alan Wake expansion, uh, which is pretty much where they announced that there was going to be an Alan Wake 2, and they got into more of the details on 
sort of what Alan Wake is and, you know, like essentially like what the town is, like what all of this like means and, and stuff like that. So now we have Alan Wake 2, which again is 13 years in the future, not just the release of Alan Wake 2 is 13 years in the future, but also the game takes place uh, 13 years in the future of the of the world. Uh, where you start the game by playing as Saga Anderson, who is an FBI agent sent to Bright Falls to investigate cult-related murders. Uh, but while you're there, you find Alan Wake, who has stumbled out of the dark place, which is effectively the same thing that it is in Twin Peaks, right? What, are the, what do they call it in the Twin Red Peaks? Room? Well, there's... There... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's the red room, and then there is like this, like dark, almost like uh, metaphorically underground. There's the woods and like the owls and everything. But I, I, I don't know if it's like the red room is is in my opinion, it, I, is as far as I remember, like the most, you know, specified yeah. of the alternate reality places. But yeah, so Alan Wake uh, gets out, and then he's like, "We have to stop Mister Scratch, who is." my doppelganger who has gotten out and is uh turning a the the horror story uh into reality because the power of bright falls and the altered world event in this place is that there's a presence living in dark in bright falls that has the power to turn fiction produced there into reality so that is kind of the setup for this game, and you are switching between two characters. So the first one is Saga, and I, one of the things that you immediately do in this game is you enter her mind place, which is any time you press tab and you're immediately teleported to this like lodge room where she like has her like case files her profiling on people, her like upgrades and everything. But it is like so fast. It is like, it is like crazy when you just like, th this is like future technology here where you like press tab and you're instantly in another place, but it's essentially like her mind palace. It's like her just like, like it's where she like spends time and she has like this cork board. And as you're going through the game and collecting clues, you're like putting things up on this corkboard and you're like thinking about characters and she like has this bizarre ability of just like intuition where she like speaks to people and like hears voices and is essentially able to tell when like somebody is lying and you need to like press for things and there's like some real mystery about what's going on with her especially once you get to bright falls and some of the way that people like start interacting with you once you're there is is pretty neat. Uh, and then you have the Alan Wake side of things, which is, you know, it's similar to Alan Wake 1. You've got the flashlight. You've got the, the gun. I mean, that's true for both characters. Alan's sections are a little bit more action-y. But the other thing that they're leveraging is because Alan's sequences uh, mostly are in the dark place you're you're sort of you're equipped with the ability of uh producing fiction so alan is essentially able to leverage a storyboard uh in order to like put story elements into locations to change what's happening there and like change the way that the level like looks so you'll be like in this cave and you'll be like the cult was here and then it, the like the world around you will change and it'll like you'll see the cult version of this cave and then you'll be able to like take that story element off and be like the the uh fbi agent is here and you get to like see uh, different events from different times unfold in these locations uh based on moving these story elements in well, and out really of crazy yeah, and it's it's very like aesthetically wild, like the way that it looks. But it's it's used for puzzles of like, you know, like areas will be blocked off until the FBI agent came in and, and interacted with it in this way. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. 
Most importantly, though, this game is fucking balls to the wall crazy in like a way that maybe they were too afraid to do the first time around. But it's absolutely fucking nuts. Th- this game uh, has my fa- definitely my favorite game sequence, like my my favorite level or mission of the year. I, I don't want to say ever because I feel like there's like a lot of. There's a lot of contestants in like the favorite scene ever, and also it's like recency bias is like a is a thing. But there is a really, really incredible sequence, like pretty early on in this game, that makes it worth the price of admission, like makes it worth the fifty dollars, like a like a buy this game so that you could see the crazy shit that they did with the with epic money. Like with like the Epic Epic published this game, I'm pretty sure. I don't think this game is coming to Steam. I'm pretty sure it's staying with Epic because they funded a lot of it. And seeing where they spent their money is fucking crazy. Like it it's impressive. Uh so I'm definitely gonna be playing more Alan Wake 2. I really le- love the characters. Uh it's so weird, it's so funny, and it it it, it it's it plays well. Um, I, I'm not really crazy about survival horror games, um, in general. Like, I think Resident Evil 8 was, like, a pretty good one. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I feel like they did, like, some good stuff with, like, ammo management. I think that this game is doing, like, some, uh, AI director things where it's thinking about how many resources you currently have and how well you're doing and it's spawning enemies or spawning resources around you based on that so i haven't run into too much hardship uh there have been some really scary things in this game like not just in terms of like jump scares but there is like some really visceral shit in this game but you're an emt so you're 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 probably good oh i had a horrible week with the morgue but yeah yeah so I, I have you my own. You go to a morgue in this game. That was my Alan Wake. You go to a morgue. Uh, big recommends on Alan Wake too. I, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to have this on their game of the year list. And I really uh, got to play that because that also is finishable in a way that a lot of the other games I want to play right now are just not. It's it's incredible. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. I I would honestly recommend Alan Wake two to just about anybody who's a. Uh, not afraid of uh of media <laughs> some people get scared by stuff you know yeah I, I i mean i do uh get scared by stuff but i did also recently like kind of suddenly have this like big interest in horror movies and was Me like too. was watching like a lot of horror movies from like classics to good ones, like and all over the spectrum too too from like the kind of uh you know the nun or the conjuring the popular ones did you, that are like, all... did you like the nun because in general i do like james wan uh but i see like I horror, was... horror stuff has like ratings that are all over the place it's really hard to well it's really hard a lot of times to tell how good a lot of horror thing because also horror means so many different things to different people i guess because for for i i don't think that there's anything at all wrong with going to a movie theater for something like the nun or the conjuring or something because i i don't love those like my answer to, to that last question is that i i don't love the nun because the nun is like a vehicle for just jump scares like every i feel like most scenes in the nun you know every scene is you walk into the you know a character walks into a room or something and the room is dark and there's something that they're that the camera hasn't seen yet and they're kind of like panning over and they're afraid and there's a lot of tension build up and then sometimes there's a fake jump scare and then a real jump scare or then they're leaving the room and then like the nun is behind them and it's just too much and it's not exactly what i want in a horror movie mm-hmm. but it's not also not what i don't want it's kind of just like it's okay um I like, and and like i said i there, i don't think that, I, I don't want to yuck anyone's yeah. gums who would go to the movies for that because like th- that and that, maybe that's why that is such a weird thing because you have the get outs you have uh, uh, uh us you know i recently watched us and was kind of like blown away by by that i actually thought that was kind of a kind of it's not like it's one of those things where it's not really underrated uh because it everyone knows jordan peele and and most people are aware of the existence of us but i feel like it does i don't know if it gets the credit it deserves especially being the 
uh, like sophomore movie, but um, yeah. Um, have you seen the new Scream movies, the ones with Jenna Ortega? No, they're incredible. They're really good. I I highly recommend them, especially since you've been watching more horror movies. I feel like um, the more horror movies you've seen, the better the new Scream movies are. Yeah. Um, I also watched Five Nights at Freddy's, which is kind of video game adjacent. And, That's true. And we talked about this a little bit. Um, it, 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 it's doing well uh, box office, box office wise, and I big, guess it's, big way. And it's it's it's. I guess that maybe that's not to be so. That shouldn't be so surprising. I guess it's like one of the most popular, ridiculously popular things of all time. Um, it's you know a franchise like built on like YouTube views and like shock value and everything like that. But as much as I've never really wanted to play the games, they have this really unique style. And, um, I think overall, like the direction that they had went in, like I, I, I'm, I'm weirdly knowledgeable about them. Actually. I don't know if this is like, if you ever do this kind of thing where like, I actually know the whole story of it. I've never played a single one of them, but I could tell you the entire story. I've I've seen some let's plays and like, I've, yeah. Yeah, so I've seen, so like I yeah, haven't haven't touched them, but I could tell you the entire story of them. And uh, I was kind of interested in the movie because I feel like we've we've had movies that attempted. What there was this recent movie that was like with Nicolas Cage and was doing like, Wonky's Wonderwilds. Yeah, something like that. that. Something like that where it was it was Willy's aping Wonderland. That Willy's sounds Wonderland. right. That sounds right. It, it, it was it was with Nicolas Cage and was aping the exact kind of fri- like Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Um, and, uh, I understand why this series got so popular and everything. And it, and it largely got like, even though the, 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 uh, creator, uh, has, has really taken it in a good direction. Um, uh, it, it is popular because of like, you know, children and teenagers. And I think that the, that, that's why the, you know, movie clearly went in like a very PG 13 direction. Um, and I think that would have been actually fine. The one thing that I'm kind of like bummed about looking like, like watching it, I, I thought it was like weirdly reverential to the actual story of five nights at freddy's and then weirdly not at all reverential of the actual like minute to minute gameplay of five nights at freddy's there was literally never a a moment where when i think of five nights at freddy's yeah you would imagine that there would at least be a little bit of like he's looking at cameras and trying to like block things out yeah just a little bit just a little bit the whole like the like for for people who haven't played it or like have i guess like been under a rock like the whole thing is that is it like it's all kind of staticky too it's all like not very dynamic it's all kind of static and you're just in a you're sitting in a security room and the the initial without any of the story stuff the initial thing is that the animatronics were built in such a way that they could walk around and like roam this like chuck e cheese style food and children's amusement restaurant um so that they you know like could feel realer like they would come out they would they would do their their song and then come off the stage and walk around and not even have to be like a different thing with a person in it it would be the same animatronic um and the the initial setup for the first one is like the animatronics are roaming around at night and they there's something wrong with them and they uh, like think that you're a person that need that is like either a burglar or someone who doesn't have like a costume on or something and like they're going to wear you by eating you kind of it's it, it, you know it, it it's not important the important thing is that like you are sitting the 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 gameplay of it and what makes it so scary is that you're just sitting around stuck in a security office and you're looking at cameras and also like trying to like close the door when there's like animatronics outside of your room but you're but everything is based on like a power system and you can like out you can run out of power um and if you're looking at the animatronics they can't move so like you're the whole idea is like trying to catch them on camera and find where they are and trigger them to not move, you know, to like try and keep tabs on them and make sure that you can like find them from getting there. And this, nothing like this ever remotely happens at all. And in fact, they like went in this other weird direction where the, 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 the kid, the, the children spirits being inside the animatronics is lore accurate and everything. But like very early on, there's this part where like the animatronics are like chilling with this girl 
and they're hanging out. They're, they're hanging out, time. and I just thought that was like any tension in the movie was like deflated at that point. It was a really weird thing to see that like why I I don't know why you would do that. I it, it's it's a really bizarre choice to have the animatronics be like kind of intelligent and kind and not really kind I guess, but like tolerant of this kind of other stuff and like wanting like a friend and like letting her like hang out with them and like not be violent like it just was really weird i don't know i i don't really like i the more i i thought it was okay and done like overall well and then the more the time passes the more that i don't like it that's fair yeah i thought it was just just okay um i've been watching a little bit of horror stuff but i've i've just been nothing too new i I watched talk to me i thought that was incredible talk to me i also thought was just okay i liked it quite a bit um, uh anyways yeah uh I, I watched the soup the new the super mario movie oh yeah also video game adjacent also video game adjacent. i i'm i'm busy i'm in i'm in medic school i'm sorry i feel bad for for i always feel bad that since i've started i kind of feel bad for for the uh the viewers and they are viewers that um i don't all like I, I just have my Nikkeis, I got my Honkai's, and then I have like maybe so, a little bit of things on the side. But I I really do like end up only having like only wanting to get into the things that are just repeatable, instant gratification like Mortal Kombat um, versus some of the other stuff of like I really do want to play uh, some of Cyberpunk and maybe keep going in Baldur's Gate. But I'm, I hit this like huge thing where I cannot figure out what happened to where to go in Baldur's Gate. It's very unclear to me. You just go west. Um, just I feel like go I can't, west. I feel like I can't. You can. There's part of the there's part of the map you haven't explored. There's got to be a big part. Did you get to the? Did you visit Granny Ethel? Yeah. She's cool, right? That was weird. That whole thing was weird, and it kind of ended on such a note where uh, I talked to her, and she said that she would cure me if she if I allowed her to take one of my eyes, and I said no, and then she was just like, "All right." And then we kept it pushing. Fair enough. Uh, I played I played Cyberpunk. I've been I finally got to the new content to the to the to the dog town. I'm in the dog house. Um, but I don't have too much else to town. say on it. Like I'm, I continue I've heard really to good be things about the, how the well overall the game... way that it plays now. Like they've yeah, just made a lot it's of very yeah, it's very uh, snappy. It, it's just like a it's just a good feeling game uh but i don't have too much to say on it other than like idris elba does a great job uh the story feels tense it, it feels like it makes sense uh put into the world of sight like it, it it feels like something that could have been in the main game and have made total sense it doesn't feel like tacked on the way that like a lot of other uh sort of expansions usually do. There is kind of like a hard boundary line between Dogtown, the location in the expansion, and the rest of Night City. And I wonder if they're like obfuscating a load screen in there somewhere. Because there's essentially like a security checkpoint. And I'm wondering if like that security checkpoint is them hiding a hiding a load. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hiding a load. Hiding a load. Gross. Alright. Uh so yeah, I've been playing that. That's a. I feel like that's the most of what I've been playing now. I'm. I'm still. You know, Armored Core Six is on the back burner. I still have plans. Still have plans. I swear to finish that game. It just came out with a, a balance patch today. That's a thing they do in that game. Oh wow. They've been. They've been balancing that game. Uh. A, a lot actually. They've. They've sent out four patches to balance since the game came out. That's interesting. Just it, it, and it's it's PVE only, right? No, there's PVP. Oh, okay. All right. So that that does matter. Not to me, but yeah, in general, it does. In the old game, I I could be wrong, but I feel like you could also like fight your friends like in asynchronous multiplayer. I wonder if that's a thing. I don't think so, but it should be. Um. Uh, I actually have like 
despite the fact that I do only half the time talk about two video games, uh, they had such crazy things that happened recently. So Honkai Star Rail added a Pokemon mode that is better better than Pokemon. Um, so, so that's true of every Pokemon, it's true of every Pokemon endeavor, but, um, so, so, uh, Honkai Star Rail, uh, usually the, the, so far the pacing has been like, there's a little bit of story, like two hours of story with each patch that comes every like month or two. And then there's a lot of like, you know, between that time, you're more just like, just do whatever, logging in, doing your dailies and all that kind of stuff is actually like really thankfully very short in this game. Um, but then there's like side events and usually the side events are like bizarrely in depth, like insane. I've talked before about one was like you're running a museum and you're hiring people and getting pieces for the museum and trying to like make money off the museum to reinvest and all this kind of stuff and open up different wings. It's like a bizarre, like sort of like, I can't even, I can't even remember the last time, like almost like a, just like a sim, like this museum sim. And then there was another one where you were like planning out this, like uh shipping and logistics for this back alley this like popular strip of markets um that i had talked about for a little while but now they had a pokemon mode and it was it's so bizarre and so insane um the way that it kind of worked out was that there was four different like basically areas four different areas that functioned very much the way that pokemon would function where you would go into it there would be um roaming uh enemies that you could capture um and trainers that have their own things and there was uh, like the amount of love that was put into it was wild there was tons of some the trainers themselves a lot of times had dialogue referencing different common pokemon trainers and stuff like that uh or like really funny like dumb pokemon dialogue um and uh you went up to you you got these like four different badges from different um gym leaders to and then went to like this big final match um uh what made it so different i guess than regular pokemon and you know again like it's not really uh so crazy that things that are doing pokemon are better than pokemon um is that you there was this like chip system where you could slot in oh like uh, crisps just like like crisps yeah there was a like, uh, a like like crisps uh there was like a a, a like a perk so how about perk it was it's really Ooh. chips but you're putting them in you're putting in you're giving them passes um, and the passes were really cool, like worked in really interesting different ways. Um, there was one, like, one of the Pokemon basically was a Magikarp where uh, it had like okay moves, but it, its ultimate did nothing, and it just like it, it just like flops and does nothing. Um, and then, for example, there was a chip that was like you don't your ultimate is no longer available, but you do like seventy five percent extra damage. So there there was like all these different like chips, and then you also had like a team leader. So there would be there's a couple of them that were like balanced to be way too strong and like really unique and like synergized maybe well with different other ones. Um, whether it be like uh, the one that I ended up liking the most was like it hurts the teammates next to them and the and for forty uh, percent of their health and then deals that percentage back as damage. So I could take like two tanks, put it aside this other character, and then uh, have him like vacuum out 40% of both the adjacent characters. So, uh works way cooler. Um 4 versus four, 4 versus 4 um if you're wondering and uh it was a really wild mode. Tons of like just bizarrely cool like dialogue and just very weird and like reverential and nostalgic of Pokémon in a way that was like really kind of cool. Of just of just I I would think that like a Pokemon fan would like actually so who someone who's playing Honkai Star Rail and then got to a chance to do this or like, you know, has any um love for past Pokemon games, I think would have like a weirdly good time with this. Um and then mean and then uh uh the other really funny uh additional game mode going on right now is that Nikkei is having its first year anniversary and it is like by far the most um uh, it's, it's uh, generous uh, of the anniversary or like kind of events that I've ever seen in a gotcha of like they're just throwing stuff at you. They're just throwing everything at you, and there's a good story, and it's kind of like I think think some of the best writing in Nikkei, which is a game that I I often say has like surprisingly weirdly good writing. At least it's like importantly is not boring. Um, uh, it takes place like just around the time of the the rapture which is the the all the uh you know like 
metal like mechanical beings trying to kill all the humans just around the time that they invaded and the initial like Nikkei's that they uh created um and like that initial program and everything so that's it's really good like you know early lore stuff um that's i think is always very interesting and then the crazy thing is that they they usually have like a mini game or something and sometimes the, the mini games are are usually pretty good like they had like a, a cooking mama mini game kind of the other the last event and this one is a straight up and very competent vampire survivor Oh wow! Yeah, well, of all things, like it's so weird. It's like it it really apes Vampire Survivor, um, in in like great ways. Uh, but it, it is it like other than just it, it is very good and it is just a very good one of those. But it, I don't I wouldn't say that it's doing anything that unique Vampire Survivor mechanically outside of the fact that it just uses Nikkei lore stuff very well. Of like one of the characters like like you like just like in a vampire survivor game like you each of the characters you pick has a different starting weapon and one of them is scarlet who is like uses a sword and her initial attacks are these like it just swings a sword in front of you um and once you get her main weapon maxed out it just starts like randomly areas of the screen just randomly start getting these like Cuts. So what are you, what are you getting from doing this mode? Or is it feeding back into the main game? Yeah, you get uh, from the from the main game. You get a lot of like rewards. You get a lot of like um, either stuff to like upgradable stuff, or you get a lot of um, uh, like uh, pulls on everything. So does somebody need to make a uh, a vampire a survivor game that is a gotcha? Oh man. I think it could be really good. Uh, I, 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 th- this one is, it's just, this is a surprisingly good mini game. I've heard from Saron the Collector and some of the other friends that I have that play Nikkei that like, they're just absolutely loving this game and that like, they're surprised by it. I think for people who it's, uh, it's also weird because I, I don't, I, it's, it's not crazy to think of people not playing Vampire Survivor, but this is like just as good as you could do for, for getting into that genre of, it's just doing everything very well and very competently, and it's inside of another game. So if you're already playing this game, and then there's a side mode that just keeps th- that as you're playing it, you're unlocking like you're you're getting uh, upgradable material for you, the actual you know game and um, recruitment tickets and everything like that, and just making you feel very rewarded for playing this like Vampire Survivor mini game. It's it's very weird and cool. Right on. Uh, so when when it comes to like freebies, one thing that I've been thinking about is um, in our recent Marvel Snap patch, they added this like first time gold bonus where the first time you buy gold, uh, they double the amount that they give you. So that's really like nice in in terms of like getting people to open up and like buy stuff. But I, I feel like it devalues like multiple purchases like it, i feel like it feels so good to like you spend like a hundred dollars or whatever and you get sixteen thousand gold i have to imagine that after you've done that it feels really bad to buy a hundred dollars again and get half that amount mm-hmm. but if you're buying gold straight up you're kind of a sucker anyway yeah you just um... buy the you buy the gold in the packs so how are you feeling with balance right now? In uh, Marvel Snap? Yeah, with our our ever our ever present Marvel Snap. Uh, I feel like uh, hold on. Uh, I feel like it is almost impossible to have a finger on it, just because it's like every week something else is different and changing. On the overall, I would say that things are good right now. Uh, you know, there was that recent change to mobius we don't have to get too uh far in the weeds on on the specifics but uh marvel snap nerfed a card and now this week they're undoing uh that nerf because it was so uh, brutal after a lot of backlash which i liked that card not being a card anymore because yeah. i didn't like it <laughs> but i, I think that, i think that they could fun. do it better and i think that at least like making it a three cost is a little bit moving in the right direction but yeah that would that we talked about mobius a little bit i think that mobius is almost worth talking about as a not in the weeds thing because he's the design of it is so unhealthy um it's like one of the most unhealthy cards i think ever released it's a two three so it's like cheap and well vanilla statted uh uh, uh which 
is also annoying because it's it's like the best mana value that it could be because if it if it like one is obviously the lowest but one is very easy to kill um and very easy to deal with like a lot of decks still like if you just are fighting you know a destroy deck then it's probably gonna get destroyed um uh and two there's not really any good thing to kill it at two um the only way you could kind of deal with it is like echo or anything that can stop ongoing like rogue or um uh, enchantress or something so kind of like very low investment and then very way too powerful and broad uh and it's just one of those cards where people just started kind of running in everything the ability was that your cards can't have their cost lowered and enemy cards can't have your cards can't have their cost gain uh, uh raised and the, the enemy can't have their cost lowered and you can think of like i'm sorry if you played any marvel snap you could just think of like there's tons of whether it's stuff like dream dimension changing your the the um uh raising the cost of things or wave uh moving everything to four like there's so many different cards that like or and locations that affect that might affect your uh uh mana values that might completely change the game stuff like we, we in the beginning of the game and like even now sometimes like you know Iceman can just ruin a game like he just hits a modok or something and now like that was your turn five play and now you don't have that on turn five and like now how is this going to work out so uh he uh just having a card that plays that like not only gives you beneficial situations when mana changes but like locks your opponent out of and then you're just ongoing and like it's like you know i just he was just on a, a really unhealthy card new snap season just started new card that came out is uh Miss Marvel, so they're. Doing I didn't even like understand the way that they season. they explain this card. They, they, she gets she gives you like plus four power power for every location that only has unique. Uh, she cost. is plus five power. She's a four five. Uh, that gives plus five to adjacent locations if those locations have unique cost cards in them. So it turns off if uh, there's like two one drops in a lane. For example, mm -hmm. so it's it's conditionally a four power Doctor Doom, but it has kind of a unique uh, gameplay requirement to make it work. Mm -hmm. It also can't power empty lanes. Uh, a, at least one card needs to be in the lane, oh, so man, she can't rock just slop. like rock slop is back, boys. Rock slop uh, and dropping the rocks, dropping your gabos, dro uh, vipering over. Your your negative three, uh, the hood. Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty good. Do you feel like uh, you would change anything in that deck other than uh, Peach Momoko, uh, Black Widow? Uh, no, I feel like I, I'm just going to go with this. I I just always like that that playstyle a lot. Really, this season, right? I really like that playstyle a lot, and I'm loving that that like it's probably one of the best counters to the the current card, which like you always. Like people do try out this card, like like the seasonal card, a lot right in the beginning. Yeah. Um. Is that it? That sounds good. Back yeah. to Mortal Kombat, right? Hell yeah! All right. Uh, this has been WTDG podcast for the week of September. Uh, this is November. Shit. Fuck. Uh, November seventh. I hope you uh went out and voted. If you had to vote, it's good to vote, I suppose. Maybe it does something in, in your district, you know, but vote anyway. Uh, com. What's the deal with games on iTunes, on Spotify, on anything that has RSS, where you can rate, comment, and subscribe to the show. You could find us on Twitter as well, at sign Podcast to get notified when new episodes get posted. Thank you, Ryan Galway and uh bump here for the use of music we use the intro outro you can get it off the new album pop songs 2020 um getting newer every day you can find them at uh youtube where you can find links to all their merch thanks ryan thank you james i hope that next uh, time I, I, I my my hope is that you know what i'm gonna I, I my goal is to play lies of p before the next before the next well it's on right. game pass so you play that for free game pass for one dollar, you a, could play Game Pass for three months. Game Pass is a thing I haven't heard of. Game Pass it gives you instant time. access to every Valorant uh, character. Oh, like the new character, ISO. Yes, 
And you can also play Thirsty Suitors and Jassant and Dead Space. Thirsty Suitors, you say. All right. I'll look into this game pass. I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast. No, I don't think so. All right. All right. All right.